As, as um, Brady mentioned before, my name is Ryan Campbell, and, and he asked me to uh, come and share this morning what, uh, how um, my wife and I's faithfulness in the Lord has, and faithfulness in, in giving has been, um, I guess, um, continuously um, moving in a circle on uh, on our giving and, and our receiving. And, and um, a couple of months ago, uh, we made the commitment to, uh, for me to go into ministry full-time. And uh, the numbers just, they did not add up, and they still aren't. And I don't know if they ever will. And talking with, with Brady often, um, I, it doesn't sound like that, that, that they do. So, um, but, but what I'm going to share with you today is just how um, we made that commitment and essentially got out of, uh, of, of God's way and let him work in our lives and work in our finances. And I would say at least... 90% of our discussions were over financial uh, issues, and um, the other 10% was over what we were going to eat. So, but that, what we found is once we, ha- um, you know, put all of our faith and our trust in the Lord and let Him be in control of our finances and continue to stay faithful with our giving. Um, he is, he's taking care of us and, and the numbers, they don't match up and, um, we're, we're, uh, continuing to, um, be able to, to, to grow in our faith and, and just in a little example, um, we were blessed with, with a, um, work trip that Amanda had received, um, for her commitment to, um, serving and, um, and, and, uh, being a servant to others and through her work, it was kind of a humanitarian award, and so I got to go with her, and uh, things were it was it was obviously provided through her work, but there's other expenses, and we knew that the, those things, even those minor things, were going to be um, tight, and um, so we get home, and on a side note, I caught a fish about this. Bigger, bigger than that, but the, um, the uh, so so we got home and um, we knew that 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 it, things were going to be um, tight as they, as they are always now. And um, strangely enough, there was I didn't tell you about this. Strangely enough, when we were gone. Um, I got a check from the school district that I used to work for that they had taken out more than what um, they were supposed to for some leave that I had because we had a baby during the year. So I don't know if I was more excited that that we like I made it another month to be able to to do ministry or that we're able to to give back today. So we're excited to to come and. And, and we were prepared to give, and that just, like, topped it off. And, and especially with it being, you know, what the topic is, it was, that was just a great conversation to have with my wife, and we were both excited. And, and so that's just a little story. But 
if before um, we, we this this faithfulness and 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 where we currently are with with serving the Lord day in and day out and just um, you know growing in our relationship with Christ that that check would not have meant really anything it just would have been hey look and and we would have gone out and we would have we would have invested it in in worldly things and um you know constantly we're reminded of look you know the stuff that that we have and and how meaningless that it really is and where our investments are going now um to 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 really you know to build the kingdom and and that's where they should go and the investment with that you know comes great um, blessings and and Brady you you talk about you know with the with the hugging being able to receive a hug but if people like to hold on to to their finances really tight and and money is is, is such a um, uh, an idol um, to 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 a lot of us and, and and I'm guilty as well but they hold on super tight to that and and want to keep it to themselves but if you if you open up your hand and and you let go of that and you bless others with um, with you know the, the the finances that you have then then your hands open to to receive um, other blessings and 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 we're finding out that you know money um, at the beginning it was you know, money was a blessing, and, 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 but it's really opened our eyes to see that, that there's so many other blessings um, that, that you can receive when, when you give to others. So um, that's just kind of our story. And, and we're a, a, a church family, and um, we need, you know, everyone to, 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 to support this so, so that in order to grow and um, it was. It's great to to be on this ride with with Brady and and the ups and downs and um, to be on on the ride with um, with everyone in the congregation um, as the church grows. But um, but open open that hand and you'll be blessed um, with with more than than what you could could ever imagine. And and um, that's kind of kind of the story. So. Oh, I serve, um, I work for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and um, serve the schools um, from Weston to, to Richmond along, along 92. So that's my job. Thanks. Thank you, brother. I'm going to move these because I, I move a lot. I don't want to tear up any equipment or trip, do something silly up here in front of you all. <clears throat> I'm honored to be here today with you. I love sharing the Word of God with people. I love to preach. I don't know about you, But without the Word of God, I wouldn't have life. 
The Word of God gives me peace. It gives me hope. It exhorts me. It lifts me up. It directs me. It gives me discernment. It gives me courage. Gives me hope. Gives me faith. What's it give to you? What do you get from this? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for everybody who's here today. I pray, Lord, that your word would reach down into our spirit and grab us today. I pray, Lord, that your word would penetrate our soul today and our thoughts today in such a way that when we walk out of this door, it would forever alter the course of our life. Because I believe that's what your word can do for us each and every day. Can forever alter the course of that day and forever alter the course of your life. Raise your hand right now if you want the word of God to penetrate your heart in that way. Just raise your hand. Show it. You're not showing it to me. You're showing it to the Lord. <clears throat> you're, just, you're just demonstrating to the Lord that you have a yes in your heart to have your heart penetrated and touched by him today in such a way because it has the power to do that. In fact, it's the only thing that has the power to really do that. It's the only, you can put your hands down, thank you. So Lord, let your word penetrate us today. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your faithfulness that's new every day. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I was in Mexico City this week doing some business. I spent the week with the honorary old Mexican guy, and he's honorary. The Lord broke the mold when he made this guy. And as is my custom, we were talking about things of faith. I like to do that with people. I hope you like to do that with people. <clears throat> Don't buy into that thing that says you never talk to people about politics and faith. If it's done in an appropriate way, you can talk to everybody about faith. And frankly... Frankly, there is no more important topic to discuss with your fellow man than faith. I was in this very room yesterday. Uh, we were having a memorial service for a dear friend of ours who was 46 years old. And one night went to bed and didn't wake up. We don't know for sure what happened to him. Stroke, heart attack, we're not sure. The Bible says that life is like a sigh and then it's over. It's like a breath. And then it's gone. You never know which day is going to be your last. So let's get back to this unreal old guy I was with in Mexico. He grew up in the faith. He told me at one time he was a believer. Now he's about 63, 64 years old. Not only does he not believe, but he kind of thinks that the Old Testament is a joke. In fact, he, he told me that. He said... This thing. How, it's, what an evil book. How can a man, how can a God who is loving ask a man to take a knife to his own son? How can he do that? Of course, he was referring to the story of Abraham and Isaac. And I'll admit, I used to hate that story when I was younger. 
I started reading my Bible after I'd given my life to the Lord in Guatemala. I was about 15. And I ran into that story when I was 15. And I didn't get it. Maybe there are those of you in here who don't get it. Maybe there are those of you in here who read some of the things in the Old Testament. You say, what in the world? (laughs) Let's jump there for just a second. Let's go there real quick. It's in Genesis 22. So, the Lord tested Abraham. The Lord tested Abraham. And he said, here I am. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him on the third day. Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship And come to you again. I and the boy will go over there to worship. And come to you again. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering. And laid it on Isaac his son. And he took his hand the fire and the knife. They carried fire around in those days. They didn't have a zippo. So they went, both of them together, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, and he said, Here I am, son. Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? I read that, and I'm going, Abraham tricked his own son. He snuck him up there on that mountaintop to murder him because God asked him to, and he tricked his own boy. What a deceitful old man. You ever think that way about Abraham? I did when I was 15. They went together. Isaac said, my father, here I am, my son. Behold the fire in the wood. Where's the lamb? Abraham said, here's the key to this scripture. Here's what you have to understand about this scripture. If you're going to get this scripture and not be offended by it, you've got to get what's going on in Abraham's head. God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Faithful to the end, wasn't he? But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God. And seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me, and Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. 
this ram caught in the thicket. I want you to know I've seen lots of rams and lots of thickets in my life. I've seen the Lord provide so many rams I can't even tell you. I've been at the face of death. I've seen others at the face of death. And I've seen the Lord provide that ram caught in the thicket. Time and time and time again. I want to ask you something today. Is there an area of your life, whether it's your health or your finances or something going on with a loved one or your faith, do you need the Lord to provide a ram for you in that thicket? Is there something going on in your life today where you're going, Lord, bring me a ram in that thicket. I need it today. I need it today. I'm going to ask you to do something faithful here. Stand up if you want a ram in the thicket. You don't have to tell me what it is. God knows what that ram is. I would guess everybody in this room probably needs a ram. So if you're faithful, stand up. If you're faithful, stand up. And extend your heart and extend your arms out to the Lord. And let's ask him to provide that ram for you. Okay? We're going to do that together. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and your love that is long-suffering and that never ends. Thank you, Lord, that Abraham was able to demonstrate to us what it means to be a man of faith. Thank you that Abraham was able to walk to the edge of the cliff, willing to push his son off, only knowing that you would sprout wings on his back and fly him to that place of safety. As it says in Psalm 55, Oh, if I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away and be at rest from the voice of the enemy and from the stares of the wicked. Oh, Lord, let everyone in this room today who's standing up be able to fly away and be at rest from the voice of the enemy and the stares of the wicked and the circumstances in their life and the circumstances in their life that would cause them to fear, cause them to stumble, cause them not to walk with you and to chase after you, cause them to hold something out. While you're standing up, I want to ask you something. You see, this sermon today really isn't about tithing. It's about your heart and it's about your faith. What is it that you're holding out From the Lord. What area of your life is it? What area of your life do you not trust God with? Because that's really what this is about. And that's really what life is about. How much do you trust God? And you're standing up today because you want to trust Him even more, right? And you're standing up today because there's something going on in your life. And you need God to meet you at this intersection that you're on. That you're at. And say, God, provide me a ram. In fact, just say that right now. God, provide me a ram. Thank you, Lord. Please be seated. Lord, I pray that you would meet each and every person here today where they're at and provide them a ram. I pray that you would move in their lives. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, Father God. Lord, provided me a ram last night. And my wife, my throat's a little sore today, my eyes are, if I don't have my normal energy level, forgive me. We were up most of the night because my son had a home invasion in Columbia, Missouri. We got a call at about one o'clock in the morning. The boys had somebody break in their home. 
right while they were there, upstairs watching a movie. They don't even know how many people it was. These guys were crafty. This was a three-level apartment. They kicked in the door on the bottom level, robbed them, robbed them on the bottom, robbed them in the middle floor, went away with thousands of dollars worth of things. But it's interesting because the boys were unscathed. You see, God provided a ram for me last night. I know a little something about that because I had an employee who, a dear friend of hers, I don't know if y'all heard about that murder up in St. Joe a couple years ago, but three young families at a home having supper together and three young guys break in and take their wallets and their purses and one of the guys with the gun wants to go upstairs where the kids are playing and the dad says no you can have my money but you can't have my kids and he grabbed this guy's arm and the guy turned and shot him in the chest and he fell down and, and died and then these bandits in their fear and anxiety they ran away and they even left the wallets and the purses they came to rob. So they came in and they killed and then they left. When you think about this story, don't think about God being evil and wicked and how could he ask Abraham to suffer, sacrifice his own son. The truth of the matter is, he wants you to sacrifice everything. God will not share his glory with another. You get it? Everything you got, he wants everything you got. The Bible says he's a jealous God. He wants all of you. He wants your heart. He wants your finances. He wants your time. He wants your children. He wants your future. He wants everything you have. And the amazing thing is, is that he will turn around and take that little ounce of faithfulness that you give him and he will bless you exceedingly. If you don't believe me, let's talk about that unfaithful son. Let's talk about Isaac for just a second. Skip back to, uh, let's go a few chapters down to Genesis 26. That old Isaac, I tell you, I don't think much of a man that was so fearful for his own hide that he would tell people that this beautiful woman is not my wife just because he feared for his own life. There was a famine in the land. You ever had a famine in your land? You ever been in a place where there was famine going on in your life? I can remember when the little lady and I, several years ago, it was tough. It was tight. I was selling my possessions. I was selling my possessions. I was selling things just to pay the bills. And I was working hard. But I was prideful and I had this full commission job. And I wouldn't give it up because I had to prove to myself I could do it and God took that pride and that ego and he let me run that course for about six months 
when I began to be faithful again, though, he blessed me. God has been so good to me. I say this not to boast, but we're talking about the topic of finances. God's probably doubled my income three times in my life in the last 15 years. I'm someone who can stand up here on this stage and tell you, if you want to have financial success in your life, be faithful to God. And you don't do it for that motive. You don't do it for that motive. Let's look at a scripture or two over here in my book. This is my reading Bible and preaching Bible, and this is my street preaching Bible. I don't like to be without it, so I always bring it along, even if I may not use it today. But uh, you see, we will get to Isaac. We will get to Isaac. Matthew 6.20 says, Don't lay up for yourself, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. You know, one of the boys was in tears probably all night last night when these thieves broke in and steal. And do you know why? Because all three of these boys are in uh, computer programming. And they have these programs they've been working on all semester. And he got his computer stolen and his backup disk stolen. So he's had an entire semester's worth of work taken from him. I have a brother who had an entire life worth of learning taken from him. He's riding down the highway, accident, brain injury. You see, if you lay up for yourself treasures here, just remember something. They can go away. In fact, they will go away. You can't take it with you. But the eternal things that you do, they won't go away. You'll have them forever and ever. It says in the book of Daniel, they will shine forever like the stars in the heavens. They won't go away. So where's your treasure? What's going on in your heart? And is it reflected in what you do with your pocketbook? Is it reflected in what you do with your time? All right, let's, let's look at that Henri son real quick. Isaac. So there was a famine in the land. Besides the former famine that, that was in the days of Abraham, Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I will tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you for you and your offspring. I will give you all these lands. I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. So they get there. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here for the sake of time. So they get there, and he's got this beautiful wife, and he says, she's my sister. I thought, lest I die because of her, he says. Abimelech said, what is this that you have done to us? One of the people might easily have laid with your wife and would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech warned all the people, saying, whoever touches this man or his wife will surely be put to death. And here's the funny part. So here's Isaac kind of being a coward. 
And then we get to verse 12. And Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. What is that all about? Did you know that your actions today, your faithfulness today, will impact your children and your children's children? Isaac was blessed because of Abraham. Because God made a covenant with Abraham. So here's how you're going to make some bad decisions in your life. You're going to be a knucklehead. We all are. But God promised that his, Abraham's children would be blessed. And guess what? In Romans 7, 8, 9, it talks about the fact that you are the children of Abraham if you have faith in Jesus. You see, you've been grafted in. It's called adoption. If, if you're not of, the, of Israel by blood, by birth, you are now by inheritance if Jesus is your Lord. Did you know that? And so, God will and wants to bless you even when you make bad choices like Isaac did. You know that? He wants to bless you. He will bless you. Put that one down. God will provide for himself a lamb. Don't hold out on the Lord because of fear. God will provide himself for you, a ram in that thicket. But you've got to be faithful. That's the test. Abraham was tested. You will be tested. You are being tested. I'm tested. I've been tested so many times in my life. God said, because you've done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars in the heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. Matthew six thirty, starting at 30. We're going to read a few verses. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You see that? God knows what you need. Psalm 139 says he knows your thoughts from afar. He knows your coming and going. He knows when you rise up, when you lie down. He knew you while you were in your mother's womb. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows your fears. He knows your wants. He knows you. He knows what you need. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's it. And the reason that people run astray and they get things out of whack and they fall in pits everywhere, is because they don't seek first the kingdom of God. 
That's it. If I have had any success today in my life as a business person, it isn't because I'm so smart. It's because I seek the kingdom of God. I can tell you that. I made lots of poor decisions in my life. But I do persevere in the Lord. I make mistakes. I sin. But I persevere in the Lord. Do you persevere in the Lord? Are you persevering in the Lord? I don't want you to be like that honorable old man in Mexico and come to this place in your life where you've gone from going to church and knowing Jesus to over here where you don't even believe in God anymore. Walked away from your faith. Have you done that? Listen, that, that doesn't just happen. It's a gradual thing. We, we talked about that. I asked him, I said, I said, Don Ignacio, tell me something. How'd that happen? Well, I don't know. It didn't happen all at once. It was slow, bit by bit, over the years. And that's right. That's right. If you leave your faith, if you cool down, it's because you quit going to church, you quit being obedient with your tithe, you quit praying, you quit trying to reach the lost, and then all of a sudden one day you wake up and your heart has waxed cold. And God is no longer your God. You see, the Bible says no one can take you from his hand, and that's true. But there's this little thing called free will. You can choose to jump out of there. You can choose to walk off on your own. <clears throat> Malachi 3.8 Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me but you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. You see? Let's, let's, We've got to get our heads around this. And I'm going to tell you something. Quick. Brady did not ask me to preach this sermon. He asked me to come today and preach, but I wanted to preach on the topic of tithing. He didn't ask me to do that. He wasn't trying to load this deal. That's just not the way he and Trish are. But I wanted to, not just for them, but for you. Because if you don't get it, if you don't get it, you don't, I, lest... Lest you read it in the scripture, you may not realize you're robbing from the Lord. You see, 10% isn't giving. It's obedience. Up and above that, then it starts to be giving and offerings and all those good things. But I want to tell you something. If you're not giving of your time, you're robbing from God. If you're not giving of your family, you're robbing from God. If my son belongs to Jesus. You know what? What happened last night? It was awful. But I'm going to tell you something, though. You know why? You know, after we got through all this, I was able to lay down at 3 a.m. and go to bed, get a few hours so I could come in here and share with you all. It's because I know something. And Carrie knows this, too, but I'm a reminder because she's a mom. 
Nobody loves my son more than Jesus. You get that? As much as I love him and Carrie loves him, nobody loves him more than Jesus. Do you know how much peace that gives me? Nobody loves your grandchildren, Bobby, more than Jesus. Isn't that incredible, Karen? Dwayne, nobody loves those precious little grandbabies of yours. I'm sorry, as much as you and Kim love them, you don't love them enough. God loves them enough. Nobody loves them more than Jesus. So whatever it is, you know, my dad was getting open heart surgery a few weeks ago, and I was concerned about him. We lost my mom 12 years ago. She's only 58 years old. That'll brain cancer. So yeah, we were a little bit apprehensive about that, but at the end, nobody loves my dad more than Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that gives me peace. You see, you're walking around carrying all these things on your shoulders, these burdens and these anxieties, and give them to the Lord. Cast your cares upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. You hold back from your giving because you don't think you can afford to. You can't afford not to. I promise you this. As long as you keep stealing, if, if, if I, I, don't let me point the finger. If, if you're not tithing, you're robbing from the Lord. And as long as you do that, you really won't be blessed in him. Oh, there's, there's people on this earth that are really wealthy, and they don't tithe. But I can guarantee you, they're not living the life God had them to live, and they're feeling it in other ways. And I don't want that for you, and I don't think you want that for you. Nehemiah 10, 38, And the priest, the son of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithes, and the Levites shall bring up the tithes to the house of God. See, what do you do with your tithe? There's different, you know, if you're a pastor, you say it all has to go to the church. If you're parachurch, you say it goes to God. I, I'm not really going to get into that. But I will tell you this. This is the first place you ought to start. Listen, if you're here and you're receiving... Give back. The Bible says that the workman is worth his wages. Those who share the gospel are worth their wages. The farmer de deserves a share of the crop. And I'm going to tell you something. I've seen Brady and Trish give and give and give and give. I've seen them give so much it hurts. I've seen them give so much over the years that it hurts. Support them. If you're here and you're calling this place your home, support their work. They need it. What Ryan spoke, support his work. There's some of us who do it bivocationally, and there are others who count on that tithe that comes into the offering house to keep the lights on. And praise be to God for them because they can spend their full time doing it. And trust me, they do. I, I, I know these guys. I mean, night and day, night and day. When you're a youth pastor for 15 years, do you know how much that takes you away from your family? You don't have all this youth stuff going on during the day, 9 to 5. Usually it's after hours. 
when you go adopting a few kids from another culture and bring them into your family and into your life full time, that's kind of that servant thing that just doesn't quite go away. That's just not like this little outreach you did on one weekend. It's forever. So support them and give to them. I was with Brady one time in the city. We met this dude named Big Mike. He had no shoes, big old feet. Rainy, cold, wet day. Brady took the shoes off his feet and gave them to Mike because Mike had plastic bags on his feet. I couldn't give him my shoes, size nine. <laughs> this dude was wearing these big old things, flippers. Well, Brady's shoes just fit him. And that's Brady. He'd give the shoes off his feet or the shirt off his back. He and Trish do it all the time. As much as they love their little beauties, and we love them too, by the way, as much as they love their little beauties, they take them up to that altar all the time and put the knife to their throat in a, in a, in a way because of all the time they spend serving the Lord. First Corinthians 9, 13 through 14. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple? And those who serve at the altar shall in the sacrificial offerings, share in the sacrificial offerings. In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. And here's just one scripture. If you, you may argue about the whole 10% deal. That's between you and God, but the Bible's full of scriptures, and I'll give you one. And every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about 10%. It's a good place to start. I would go more if I were y'all. But it's a good place to start. It's a good place to start to give back to the Lord what belongs to him in the first place. The Bible says that every blessing you have comes from the Lord. So if you withhold back here, really you're not trusting him. And you're taking from him what's his anyway. I'll promise you this. The more you give to God, the more he'll give back to you. It just works that way. But if you do that for, you know, trying to work out this mathematical formula and your motives aren't right, it ain't going to work that way either. God has a wonderful, exciting, strategic, well-thought-out plan for your life. It begins with obedience. It begins with obedience and it ends with obedience. I'm going to skip a few scriptures here so I can land this thing. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and moth destroys. I've got to share this. Give to those in need. Give to those who are less fortunate than you. You're giving to the Lord when you do that. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, 
but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I'm not going to get into defining what that looks like. If you know my heart and you've heard this message, I think you get an idea. But you see, if you want your life to prosper and be abundant, if you want to have success in your life, don't let the word of God depart from your mouth and from your heart. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. Isaiah 118. Come now, let us reason together. Says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Here's my closing question for you today. Do you want to be white as snow? Is there some sin that's been going on in your life? Is there some area of your life that you are holding back on the Lord, whether it's your finances or your time or your obedience or your hope? Whatever it is, you can leave today washed white as snow. It's just between you and God. Please bow your heads. Please bow your heads. Lord Jesus, again, this is between you and God. I'm just going to give you a second to deal with the Lord, okay? It's between you and God. Deal with him. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then you need your sins washed white as snow because he's the only one that can do them. Invite him to be your Savior. Ask him to be your Lord. Here I stand at the door and knock. Repent of your sins. Jesus, gospel is a gospel of repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of God is close at hand. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So deal with it today. Deal with your heart. Deal with your faith. Deal with your walk. And deal with your life. Jesus, I thank you for everybody here today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. I pray that like a sponge we would receive your word and your truth every day. I pray that you would speak to us every day and have your way in us and that we would be changed by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll have a moment, obviously, to, to be able to give. Um, thank you so much for Brady just casting this vision of what it means to be uh, generous and to give sacrificially. So, uh, Zach and Michelle are going to play <clears throat> another song, and they are offering their gift to you this morning that God has given them. And so here's what I want to do is obviously as we just pass the offering plates, um, if you're able to give, then please do so. But, but I'll, I'll be here at the front, um, and if you say, you know what, I just want to give something more important than my money. I want to give my heart to Jesus. And if you want to come up um, here, I would just pray with you. I just want to, this is what this place is going to be about. We're going to have, we got so much space up here where people can come and pray. If you got something going on in your life, you just need someone to pray with you, I'd come now. Just, uh, sometimes people say, well, well, the worst thing you can do as a pastor is make people feel uncomfortable in your church. You know what? I'm, I'm sorry, but I felt very uncomfortable the first time I walked in the church when I was living in sin, and, but God met me there, and I'm here today because of that. 
So we need to get outside of our comfort zone. If you want someone to pray with you, once you come, you can just kneel down and pray here. Um, I'll pray with you. There'll be other people that are, are qualified to do so, or if you want to bring someone with you to pray. But this is what this space is for. We're going to continue to offer this place as a place of prayer. The best thing you can do is give your life to him. It says that you can offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. And so we'll be here to pray as we pass the offering place. So come as they lead us in worship. So, Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to give. And in the giving, we receive. We receive from you, Lord, the blessings. Father, I praise you. Uh, for the fact that we can be here today. I thank you for the, the new lives that are in this room, the, the precious little children that have come today, the, um, some for the first time. God, that we would be a part of their life, part of blessing them, to sow into them this gospel of Jesus that they can grow up to share it with others. God, that you have called us all to be an offering uh, unto you. God, we just pray that you would take this gift that we've given, been received today and that it would be a blessing here in this community that other people would come to know about Jesus, that other people would be, um, be aware of the fact that, God, you do love them. Um, you've given everything. Uh, you were willing to give your son, obviously, Jesus, so that we could have life and life to the full. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Take a moment today before you leave to, to say hello, to introduce yourself to someone maybe that you've never met before. And uh, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.